council uh, seems to be seems to be a lot more committees there so um, gosh I've served on and currently on am on some of these uh, the Belfouche Police uh, Committee um, the chairman of the Public Works Committee um, uh, revitalized committee legal finance committee the Belfouche Area Community Center Committee um, the list really just does go on and on and on so I've had multiple committees multiple public service um, commitments and um, so I'm well qualified to continue to serve the people of Butte County all right and what are some of the major issues that uh, you would like to see tackled at that county level sure well always at the top of the list is is going to be budgeting there's there's no doubt about it as I've been out campaigning in the last I don't know five six weeks and then you know you increase it as time gets closer to the election but the number one thing that people talk about is budgeting and uh, they say to me you know James uh, we do have a concern about the amount of money we pay in property taxes that does concern us but what concerns them even more than that is what we do with that money mm -hmm. so so one fellow said you know I I don't doesn't matter to me if you collect a dollar in property taxes or a thousand from me the relevancy is how do you then take care of and spend that money are you a steward of that money so budgeting is always at the top of the, uh, the list um, when you get into the county level the highest or the, the budget item with the highest dollar amounts is of course our employees you know and, and the wages and the benefits and things like that and then the one right underneath that is going to be roads and bridges which brings me then to the second highest priority on my list is roads and bridges uh, it's nothing new this is a battle that we've had and and it's ongoing we've got a lot of miles of road in Butte County mm -hmm. and um, you know I understand budgeting I get it that if the money's not there uh, you know how do you maintain your roads and bridges one of the things that does often happen though is that there could be an item that that may come up maybe it, it's a state mandated item or let's say we need um, we need a software up upgrade for our dispatch center it might cost sixty seventy thousand dollars and believe it or not there are software updates that do cost that especially yeah. when you're dealing with dispatch uh, centers and law enforcement mm -hmm. so where do you suppose that money comes from out of what line item it comes out of the highway maintenance fund so then that affects the roads and the bridges and and how we continue to maintain them uh, We've got some roads and bridges that are closed right now, and um, I could address that now, or you could. Uh, we can do it later in the interview, however you want to do it. Um, well, if we're talking about roads and bridges right now, let's just segue into that. You mentioned we've got some closed. So. Okay. Yeah, sure. It wasn't long ago that I had heard we had closed um, a particular road and um, a bridge along with it. And uh, as you know, roads and bridges, well, bridges for sure have to be inspected. Mm -hmm. And if they um, if they have problems or they're faulty or they can't take the load of the vehicles that go across them, then those roads and the bridge has to be uh, shut down or closed. And so there was one here not long ago, and I took it upon myself 
before I even chose to run for county commissioner to go to that initial meeting and I opposed the closing of that that road and that bridge well it kind of caught on and and it wasn't long that um, you know there was a group of um, people out west of town who they, they took over I mean they just grabbed the reins and away they went and um, you know what a strong voice it was to see those people coming in and having some good dialogue with the commissioners on that so for me, I understand if we have to close something down. I get that. What ended up happening with that once you had a group of people get together and voice their concerns? Um, what was the outcome? Well, there is not an outcome yet. It's an yeah. ongoing process. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's been through some um, different hearings, um, some appeals, and is now in the hands of um, the courts to go through um, litigation there. So, and honestly, so I get it. If we have to temporarily close a road, or a bridge I understand that mm -hmm. but the government Butte County uh, city of Belfouche the state the federal level it doesn't matter to me what level we're talking about the government should never ever be in the business of giving property away and what I mean by that is we should not be vacating rights of easement mm -hmm. we should not give those away you don't get them back I mean honestly what property owner in their right mind is going to say, sure, run a mile of road right through the middle of my pasture? It doesn't happen. Yeah. So the, the uh, access easements that we have in place now should be maintained and held on to. Mm -hmm. And that's really my position, and, and I'm confident that that's the position of these folks out west of town, is that we should hold on to those easements so that when we can come up with a plan, we can fix the bridge, get it updated, replace it with an alternative like a low water crossing or a culvert system or something like that. I'm not an engineer, mm -hmm. so I don't pretend to be, but we've got some good engineers around here that can probably do some testing out there to see how the water flow is and see if there's alternative plans. So rather than spending two hundred fifty or $300,000 on a bridge, maybe we could get by for 150 on a low water crossing. Mm -hmm. All right. Any other concerns about bridge, ro bridges and roads you'd like to cover immediately? No. Um, I, as far as the bridges and, and our road issues, which are huge, they really are, and gravel, that's always an issue and things like that. But mm -hmm. no, that's my main concern with the highway maintenance and stuff. All right. And that's in that county level. Since you are right now on the Belfouche City Council and running for the Butte County Commissioners, tell us what who've you've, who you've talked to about that and how you plan to address the situation being on both. On both. Oh, I'm, I'm so glad you asked. Uh, so, yes, I am on the Belfouche City Council, and I hope to be elected to the Butte County Commission. First, I'll just tell you that, that I'm not reinventing the wheel here. This is nothing new. This, is, this has been done. I don't know if it's been done in Butte County, but there's counties all across the state mm -hmm. um, where an individual can serve at multiple levels. Uh, as a matter of fact, I, I personally think that it's a, a good relationship to have a representative from both entities. There are things that do come up from time to time that um, it would be valuable to have a city representative and a county representative at the table to come up with a solution. I, uh, I know that the question has been raised uh, when I was out campaigning, particularly this last weekend, uh, the question was raised, they asked me about um, a conflict of interest, so I want to address that so you get it from me personally. Uh, the conflict of interest about serving on two um, government entities, and uh, my opponent has been 
telling people that there is a conflict of interest or a minimal of potential, and I just want to tell everyone straight up, it's just not true. Mm -hmm. It's just not true. Trust me, before I even considered running for the county commission, I did my homework and I did my research. I got the information I needed. As a matter of fact, in the last 90-some years, I would say nearly 100 years, um, this question has come up only four times. Uh, and the question being, can an individual serve on two boards at one time? All four times, the Attorney General's Office of South Dakota has ruled that there is zero, I want to repeat that just so folks know, there is zero conflict of interest. And so just as an experiment, I thought to myself, okay, I spent an hour or something on the phone here and doing my research, but how long would it take me as an individual to get on my computer and Google it? <laughs> so I got on the computer. It took me a minute, minute and a half to come up with that answer. It was that easy. Mm -hmm. So a simple Google search would have answered the question um, that's been presented to some of the some of the residents of Butte County about a conflict of interest. So if I could just give an example of, of some potential conflicts on either or board, I will, I'll do that. Uh, while I was serving on the Belfouche City Council, my son was working for the city of Belfouche. As you know, a conflict of interest generally is a direct or an indirect pecuniary interest, which basically to me translates in, does James Ager have a chance of benefiting financially from a decision he just made or will make? Mm -hmm. So with my son uh, serving or working for the Belfouche Public Works Department, Anytime issues with salaries and benefits or a personal raise for him or even during budget time when discussion of wages and benefits would come up, uh, it's simple. You abstain from the, the conversation and or you recuse yourself for it or from it and you um, abstain from the vote. So you really just have to be willing to, to be aware, you know, do your homework rely on people who get who are there to help you i i rely on our city attorney for things like that which everybody should do who serves on the city council if there's a potential for a conflict you get an uh, an opinion from him um, we don't just we don't just willy-nilly through those things and hope we do it right so that would be an example of a true conflict of interest and and thank goodness i've been able to stay away from those mm -hmm. so um, anyway, I, I really think it's a great partnership. Do you think you'd have a lot of conflicts at, of conflicts of interest on that county level, or do you think that is um, kind of just a remote possibility? Well, the, so it would a remote possibility again would be if, if uh, say I had there was an employee, uh, you know, on either level that I could have a, a direct monetary or pecuniary interest in. Uh, and so then I would have to recuse myself from the vote or the decision. Other than that, you know, there are some things that the city and the county do together. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, the ambulance. Um, dispatch would be another one of those. We do work very closely, the city and the county, the law enforcement, so the Butte County Sheriff's Department and the Belfouche PD work closely together. Um, with the ambulance, how that works is it's a it's a tri-party agreement. 
Belfouche pays 45%. Well, let me back up just a minute. So the ambulance will come forward with their budget. Okay, that budget's presented. The city then will, uh, their portion is 45%, the county's is 45%, and then the city of Newell's is 10%. Mm -hmm. That agreement is already in place. So there would be no benefit for me to say, well, I think these numbers are skewed or skewed. Uh, we should take a look at it. That contract has already been put in place. Those numbers has, have already been decided. So I would have no influence either way on that. Mm -hmm. Another one could be the dispatch. We have a three-year agreement. The city of Belfouche has a three-year agreement with the dispatch center already in place. So um, that would be another example of what could have potentially been a conflict. I could have then said, well, I think I'll argue more for the city on this one, or maybe I'll argue more for the county on this one. This is already a signed three-year contract. It's put into place. It won't come up for discussion. Mm -hmm. Well, what made you want to go for the county commissioner position in the first place? The first time or this time? Oh, well, I guess both. How about? Well, you know, I, I always tell people I've got, I just have a spirit of service. I'm a helper. Mm -hmm. I like to help people. I'm a people person. Uh, I'm a listener. And I really, really like to be involved. And I have to tell you, um, I'm really good at this. Um, people say, what do you mean by that? You're good at politics. No, I'm, I, don't, I don't like that word politics, but I'm really good at, at listening. Um, I consider myself a, a negotiator. Um, I personally see most things in black and white, but unfortunately that's not the world we live in, and we have to kind of learn to see things in kind of the area of grayness so that we're able to bring both sides or many sides of an issue to the table. Uh, the, now, this time here, what made me decide to run back to the county were the two things, like I said, the budgeting and, and the roads and bridges. We have got to find a way. You know, one of the things that, that we're promised as Americans is the right to travel. Mm-hmm. From here or there, from point A to B. We're allowed to do that. We don't have checkpoints. We don't have stop points. Some cities do have toll bridges, but that's different. That's not us. And so the roads and the bridges really, really motivated me. And there are, there's got to be some ways we can take a look at that budget and um, look at that five-year plan that is presented, uh, maybe change the priorities of it a little bit and um, try to get things moving back in the right direction. Alrighty. Well, I had asked um, Karen Wagner, who was just in this morning, about when she kind of decided that she was civic-minded. And she had mentioned, you know, growing up in FFA and a lot of young leadership abilities. And it sounds like, you know, your whole family is pretty civic-minded as well as you. So when did that kind of click for you that you wanted to be involved in um, local government? Same at an early age. I know, I know that uh, you wouldn't know it by looking at me or the way I dress, but I, I was um, a 4-H. I was a 4-H kid. I belonged to a 4-H group. I, oh, gosh, I'd love to remember the name, the Prairie Rough Riders or something like that anyway. Good name. Yeah, and uh, my church had a group, too. They were called Pathfinders. That would be an equivalent to kind of like a Boy Scout. Hmm. And so I knew early on that this was something that I enjoyed. And uh, I really don't think it's something that you can... You, you can kind of hone or improve your craft or your speaking abilities, but I, I, I think the spirit of service is really something you either have or you don't have. Mm -hmm. And so I knew it early on and up on through high school 
and um, you know through my various jobs through high school and after high school and things they've always been you know, service minded whether it was working for a assisted living place or even in the hair business talk about service minded um, civically then later on you know as I got involved in the political world at the local le level I found I really really enjoyed it mm-hmm great well, one other thing I wanted to talk about a little bit is um, a lot of the big candidates and for governor and senate, uh, even Fitz running for AG, they've talked about corruption in South Dakota government politics and trying to get more um, transparency going on and everything else. How would you open up local government to be more transparent and get some of you know, maybe get these meetings out to the people via technology, like live streaming, things like that. Um, do you have any ideas for how you do that? That's a really good question. You're kind of not going to go easy on me. You kind of <laughs> caught me off guard there. So I think within, I would say within the last um, three to six months at the, the city level, Belfouche has implemented a live stream uh, uh, for regular council meetings via our website. So that is something that we've done there. The county could certainly look at something like that. Mm -hmm. If you know, there are some folks that can't can't get to the meetings. Uh, there are some folks who just don't want to take the time to come to the meetings. But however, they may take the time to get online and live stream a meeting. Mm -hmm. So yeah, technology plays a huge part in getting meetings out there and uh, being transparent and making sure that we're conducting our business out in front of people and out in the open. Mm -hmm. um, you know, something else that we could do is, uh, well, when you're an elected official, you have to take that very, very, um, very seriously. You've got to get in that car and you've got to drive, especially at the county level. My goodness, District 1 goes from Lawrence County, uh, most in part follows 85 all the way to Harding County. It's it, Geographically, it's a huge district. Mm -hmm. So we've got to get in these cars and we've got to drive. We could drive to a, like old Tommy Davis up north or something. We could drive to his place and say, hey, Tommy, could you host a, a, a just a real informal get-together and invite some of your neighbors so they can share some of your ideas with me so I can take them back to the meeting? Mm -hmm. Or out, could do the same thing headed out east, you know, Scott Reeder out there or the Wards or some of those agricultural people. Go west. You got the Masseys and the McLennans and the Mokies up in that area. We got to get in touch with those people, and we need to reach out to them. I don't think we need the. We shouldn't be saying they've got to come to us. Mm -hmm. It's our responsibility to reach out to those folks. Now that being said, I don't know that it's necessarily that we have a, a problem with with the communicating to them. I think we uh, in the past have had a listening problem. So the hmm. uh, problem, problem is not that we're not talking to folks, it's that we're not listening to them. And you can ask anybody, and they will tell you that James Ager listens. Gotcha. All righty. What else do you want to let voters know before the primary tomorrow? What's another big, like, hey, everybody, listen up? Okay. Well, uh Full disclosure, because I, I, I was asked while campaigning when I was up in the, the agricultural areas and talking with the farmers and ranching people, our district is about almost split. We've got urban, mm -hmm. 
and then we've got our agricultural or our farmer and ranching community and they would say well James do you make any money or do you make a living in the agricultural world and my answer is no I, I don't I don't make a penny uh, that way but I understand economics 101 I understand the way money flows I get that I I don't need to be in the agricultural world to get how agricultural the agricultural world works now do I know the details in planting this and planting that or AI and at what time and how to do it no I don't know any of that <laughs> I have a lot of friends that do but I don't know that and so I want people to know that but I want them to know that I've built some some really really good relationships with the, both the people inside of the city limits mm -hmm. and the folks out in our rural areas uh, it's kind of a funny story when I got on the city council when the mayor Gloria Lamphere put her committee selections together she told me that I was gonna serve on the Black Hills Roundup Board and my my first thought was oh my goodness sakes what these people are going to see me coming and think what in the world did they send to us because i you know i i'm i dress unique and and a little funky and and uh i thought to myself i you know I'm, i might think the same way about some of them i just didn't know how that dynamic was going to go mm -hmm. and, and i'm sure i was right uh, i think that first meeting i came into they all you know their eyes shifted over and they 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 thought oh my goodness sakes <laughs> why didn't they send us an agricultural guy or someone with an agricultural background but as time has gone on i have to tell you that i have really really well, I've always appreciated the egg, uh, the egg industry. I get mm -hmm. that, and we're an egg community. We rely heavy, heavy, heavy on those folks. Mm -hmm. But on a personal level, I've got to know the, those people. Uh, you know, Clay Crago and Keith Anderson and and uh, Justin Tupper and the spouses and various people on the committees. And uh, I think that they would tell you now that they they really appreciate where I come from. Yeah, uh, they appreciate my perspective. Uh, they like working with me. They'll tell you that even though I'm really not in that world, that I get it and mm -hmm. that I understand it. And so I want people to know that just because there has been some discussion that I don't make my living in egg. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, so I'll just say in full disclosure, they're right, I don't. But by golly, I've sure built some good relationships with people who do, and I can carry their message to the commission. So you found that it's easy for you to work with these people, although you haven't directly come from that. Exactly. Yeah, we have a great working relationship. It, I really appreciate them. I bought a, a pair of boots here about four months ago, as a matter of fact. My first pair of cowboy boots. Just four months ago. Yeah, I think about... For I mean I'm talking full-blown cowboy boots here. You know I've got some work boots, but these are the real, the real deal. Well, and uh, so I put them on that night, and I had on a pair of jeans that were uh, they weren't set up for cowboy boots. So I had tucked my my jeans down into my boots, and when I walked into that meeting, man, did I catch it! So you know we kind we uh, you know we kind of got a kick out of that, and, and they ha ha very funny. Look at James, you know the rhinestone cowboy and stuff like that. So we had a heyday with that, but but yeah. Yeah, I, I really appreciate our agricultural people, and um, I'm thankful for them, and I think they would tell you the same thing about me. Great. Well, let's... <laughs> all right, we talked about this briefly before. I had called you, oh, probably a few weeks ago or a month ago, getting you booked on the show uh -huh, and everything. Uh -huh. 
And I said, uh, James, what about that giant paycheck coming your way once you become a county commissioner? And your answer shocked me. Yeah, that giant paycheck. If anybody thinks that, that myself or Karen Wagner or, or any of the folks I work with downtown, Councilwoman Kennard or... Uh, Stan Harms up here on the county level, if, if, if they think we do this for the money, I would tell them that I'm making about uh, 22 to 25 cents an hour is, is what that what we make. That's Trust on me, the city level? That's on the city level, and uh, it, it's going to be close to that on the county level, too. I haven't mm -hmm. done the math up there for a while, but it, both places. It's so minimal that that's the very last thing on our radar as a matter of fact the first time I ran for county commissioner I was shocked to find they got paid uh, so it, it's just such a minimal minimal fee and for the amount of work and the amount of commitment and the amount of hours and time and the toiling and the laboring that we do um, yeah, don't. Uh, let me just t tell everybody this: don't do this for the money. Yeah, <laughs> it's the wrong job for you if that's why you want to do it. Well, it certainly isn't for the whopping twenty-some cents an hour. Right, and, right. Know, you've got to get a kind of joy out of this, and is that working with folks or helping people, or what is that? Yeah, I do. I really, really do enjoy this. Just this morning, actually, I was getting some coffee down at the Green Bean, and uh, they, I was stopped in there, and I said, uh, "Why do you do this?" I said, I really, really enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And, and, and uh, he said, well, well, your kids are, are raised and, and, you know, and, and he kind of went on about some of the reasons why some of his friends had gotten involved in different civic groups and things. And I said, that's not why you do it. You don't do it to benefit your children or your neighbor or, mm -hmm. or yourself. You do it to benefit, you know, the whole community. And uh, so... I just expressed to him that I love it. And then his reply was, he said, well, you know, I've watched you for five years. And he said, you're good at it. And that was a compliment. He, it really was. Mm -hmm. I'm good at this. And I like it. I want to keep doing it. Great. All right. Well, is there anything else you'd like to tell folks out there before the election tomorrow? Don't forget, vote tomorrow is the primary. If you haven't voted already, go vote. Yeah, please go vote. And, and that's the biggest encouragement. Whether you've decided to vote for James or whether you wanted to vote for my opponent, Karen, um, that's your decision. And, you know, I respect that and, and I honor that. The most important thing, though, is that you do, you do vote. And someone said to me, well, it's your duty to vote. And I, and I said, I respectfully disagree. I, th I said, I think it's a privilege to be able to vote in this country. I mean, th that's how folks really get their voice heard. Mm -hmm. You may not necessarily get on every agenda, but if you want your voice to count, elections is how you do that. So I want to encourage you to get out and vote whoever you choose to vote for. Um, something else that I, I would mention that while I've been out campaigning and visiting with folks, there's there's a couple things that stand out in my mind that that they've said about me so so after they're done asking me questions you know they'll say describe yourself or where do you stand on this or what's your opinion on that I will say to them well why don't you tell me what you think or feel about me hmm. and uh, you know I'll ask them are there any issues that were hot to you did you disagree with me on this Do you want to talk about, talk about my voting record or whatever and a couple things that really stand out, um, they say to me, well, we notice that you listen, 
We noticed that you put a lot of thought into your work. They said, we've sat in on some of the meetings where we can visually watch you. They tell me, they say, you're very pensive. And um, we can tell you're deep in thought. And I appreciated that. And so um, I wanted to say that one thing that I do do every time, every meeting, is that I don't, I don't pander to one group or another, or, or I don't necessarily hang out with a certain clique or another. Or that that's just not how I am. Um, I look at each and every decision independently and apart from the one prior and anything coming up. Mm -hmm. That's just how I do it. In fact, uh, another person on Friday they they said to me, you know, we really like that about you. They said we kind of consider you kind of a maverick. And I thought that was a compliment. And then the, the, the third thing that, that seems to always come up that I find very comical is they'll say, and you know what else you dress kind of funky? <laughs> and so I, that's kind of some of the things that I hear. But I just want to tell everybody in close that um, I'd, sure appreciate, I'd sure appreciate your support. Um, I hope you've kind of watched the way I've conducted myself in the last five years uh, with the public service on the county and the city. And... Um, you know, the decisions I've made have been good, solid decisions. They've not usually been my own. Mm -hmm. They've been decisions that I've made on behalf of people. And uh, I would really appreciate you giving me the chance to serve at the county level again. And we're going to keep moving this this county forward. You know, I see a bright and prosperous future for, for Butte County. And with the right leadership, that's exactly where it's going to go. So... And I want to thank you for taking the time to visit with us. You've done a lot of interviews. I've been listening. I mean, you've got them at the state level, the county level. Um, and uh, so KBFS has been just great. And I want to thank you for that. And I appreciate all you and the crew, you and Carl and the gang. Oh, yeah. No. Thank you for all you've done. It's a huge, huge team effort with everybody getting people booked and reaching out to them. And, of course, Carl is the main man in all this. And he started it out with all the interviews. And once he's back, he'll keep it going. But uh, nobody's got more experience and vision than that kind of an arena with Carl so yeah it is cool and super fun so thanks for joining us James and yeah and I want to thank you you had teased me earlier about bringing up maybe a movie topic or something trying to catch me off guard so I want to thank you for not doing that you <laughs> you didn't go easy on me but you sure didn't make it that hard so thanks again Alexa for, so, for your interview and for stuff. those listening we we're joking earlier about who would win in a fair fight RoboCop or the Terminator so you guys can decide out there who you think would win and discuss amongst yourselves. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, stay tuned for new news coming up after the top of the hour. And thanks again, James, for coming in. And we will have Chantel Krebs at 1 o'clock. Lots of great stuff today, of course, on KBFS KYDT. You know, twiddling their thumbs in a corner, drooling on themselves with their their. They're, they're getting increasingly angry. You get that sense, too, right? They're getting increasingly angry that things are going well in the country. That's hilarious. It's hilarious and it's pathetic. So now it's, well, John McCain is the greatest thing ever, and John, you can't say anything negative about, okay, fine, good, okay, great, fine. We can't ever criticize John McCain. Okay, now what? Now tell us how bad the country is under Trump. It's ridiculous. Uh, I, I asked you all to grade President Trump uh, 500 days in. I gave him an A minus because I'm a hard grader. But I don't, I don't see how you really could have had a much better first 500 days, except for the Mueller stuff and 
Maybe he tweets too much, but that's just not going to change. It's like saying, that, oh, I wish the sky wasn't blue. The sky's blue. He's going to tweet. Okay, so I've just, like, forgot worrying about the tweet. I'm not worrying about the tweeting. Craig Shirley, Reagan biographer extraordinaire, historian. Uh, he's going to join us now to talk about, you know, where we are with the these historical references. And the anniversary of Reagan's death is tomorrow. Hard to believe. Uh, and Patty Davis daughter of uh, President Reagan wrote a piece in the Washington Post and it's called Morning America. What my father Ronald Reagan would say today and he would be 107 years old uh, and other times she says I simply say he'd be pretty horrified at where we've come to. But as the June 5th anniversary of his death has drawn near, I let myself imagine what he would say to the country he loved so much. And she goes on to say that he would plead with Americans to recognize that the caustic, destructive language emanating from our current president is sullying the dream that America once was. And she specifically mentions immigrants coming here for a better life, that you know they his his relatives his ancestors came from Ireland and that you know the pres you know president reagan would think that this like, tone and this you know this attitude on the part of president trump would be just looked down upon and